0: Number one, what is the difference between work and play? The difference is that in work, you have to follow a set structure, a set of repeatable protocols and procedures that cannot be deviated from. Conversely, when at play, you can begin to experiment and explore breaking procedures and doing something novel and exciting instead. The trick is, the more you work, the more you internalize a set system of actions like, say driving a car or riding a bike or even playing an instrument and this internalization makes the whole process take place in your working memory with the end result feeling effortless. The downside of play is the more you resist learning a protocol, chasing experimentation, the more effortful simple tasks become. Therefore, would it not be true to say that the more you work, the more everything feels like play, and the more you play, the more everything feels like work? Maybe the hard way is really the right way. Two, life as rhythms and melodies. Think of your life as being divided between staccato rhythms and flowing melodies. These beats are the habits you practice, the routines you fall into, some variation on the same beat beat day in and day out the beat drives on relentlessly neither progressing nor altering your storyline in any meaningful way except maybe in its frequency so what then is the melody i guess we can think of the melody as those times where we can become totally fluid spontaneous authentic within the moment and feeling the flow these habits are the backbone of getting to our goals but without a little melody what is life Imagine if you could find someone, a partner, able to help you keep your rhythms, maybe even improve them sometimes, whilst also being able to break into melody to keep the relationship fresh. You hear of some relationships, the Romeo and Juliet's, that are all melody. They spark quickly, burn bright, go out with a bang. Or a relationship can be driven by protocol, shared routines, no oxygen. If you can find someone who can help you maintain your chosen rhythm and also riff off jazz like at a moment's notice, Keep them. Three, being a principled person. Trust. Real, deep, and enduring trust requires knowing that the entity, institution, or person that you're putting your trust into is principled and will maintain those principles even in the face of conflict. Lacking trust, we lack loyalty. We refuse to be vulnerable and we seek to outmaneuver and outcompete in order to ensure our individual survival. For any new world order to to succeed, we need to trust the people we are building it with, their values and their capacity to adhere to those values. So if being principled is such a sought for and highly valued trait, what are the challenges to achieving it? I've defined three principal excuse the pun, challenges. A. Translation. There is so much going on in the world at any one time, so much noise, that it's easy to get lost in the detail. Understanding what is happening, how it is happening, what it says about our life, and how to reinterpret that noise into choices we should make is hard. Some people use culture or religion to create these value systems for them and then follow such tenets as no sex before marriage or marriage within a caste or even annual Christmas celebrations without question, often forcing their views onto others. Others walk a more spiritual path and, even if they adapt to any of the above rituals, do it as a path they choose for themselves. My own values growing up in a highly highly exploitative hierarchical and capitalist economic context, is to reprioritize love, compassion, sharing, and a community spirit built on our reciprocal bonds to one another and to nature. I formed these values not because I was told to, though certain role models in my life showed me how, but as a reaction to noise that I found unbearable and intolerable. B. Commitment. The next challenge relates to our personal ability to stay self-disciplined and consistent in carrying out the values we have chosen for ourselves. For example, it might be a strongly held value to go vegan for the planet's sake and for the love of animal welfare, but resisting t- tasty bacon or a beautiful French cheese can be my downfall every time. Or it could just be that I'm committed to thrifting, saving my money, and yet succumb to the occasional guilty splurge. In this scenario, my values exist, but I'm not totally aligning my behaviour to them. For many in the Western world who believe in the value values of environmentalism, this kind of cognitive dissonance between our held values and our lived realities is every day. You can despise the impact of fossil fuels on the planet's atmosphere, but have to drive to work every day without having the budget for an electric car, or the grid could be from a different variety of fossil fuels besides. C. Social pressure. The last one could be the hardest of all to overcome. Let's say you've defined your principles and built your self-discipline to consistently apply those principles. What happens if the world has no room for the person you've now heroically decided to become? What if becoming self-possessed, articulate, and confident hurts your career chances in a highly paid industry that prefers yes-men? In a global context where all power and most of the money flows towards and is exercised by the 1%, deviating from the common social structures around you can be strictly and mercilessly punished. But if you can push through, being a principled person is still the best way to go, I think. Who owns the creation of meaning? Number four. We listen to the experts. I mean, who doesn't? They've studied, they look at the science, they know facts, and that's great. But when did our own personal perception and interpretation of reality become so discredited? What if we could inform those perceptions with the rigorous tests and complex foundations of critical thinking laid before us? Isn't knowledge creation done by a choosing trustworthy source material and b creating new links that generate new meanings from that source material? I have this painting, which I painted, sitting in my lounge room. It features a water dragon, a type of lizard common to Australia's southeast border, which adores marine habitat, sitting on a log in the bush. Behind the dragon is strewn leaves, each one painted in excruciating detail, while before it the sky collapses into a swirl of miasmic and hypnotic colours. It sits out soaking the sun all day. Who's to say it doesn't have a psychedelic experience, that nature is not richer in its eyes, ears or imagination? we may be able to measure the ability of its senses to perceive but how can we possibly map its internal sensations underneath this painting sits a lamp given to me by an indigenous uncle The lamp depicts all manner of bush critters and creatures suspended in technicolour swirls. I make meaning by the juxtaposition of the lamp with the painting. The lamp is placed directly underneath where the colours begin in my painting and to me the lamp is a depiction of dream time with its colours spilling into the painting and the lizard's point of view. This meaning was not made for me. I made the connection, and I think it's a beautiful story that speaks to the possibility and hope, and of things being more than they were strictly permitted to be. Surely making meaning and twisting and recreating and generating new meaning is the key to all creativity, music, dance, art, drama, writing, who says we are not allowed to use our minds and hearts to make new and beautiful meanings, that we must be constrained to those endorsed or rigorously tested by reality. Perhaps our artistic imagination won't grasp at the mechanics of nebular explosion or implosion or microbial interaction, but what if this meaning-making could be the necessary and missing ingredient to help determine our values? What if, by listening to music, I made meaning by connecting it to relationship styles or connected the concepts of work and play to protocol versus experimentation? I'm out here, y'all, making my own meanings, and the fact that you're listening and keeping up means that you perceive and make them as well.